we should start mm-hmm. as we as is becoming tradition, at least, with uh, a few updates from the project over the last couple of weeks. Um, we've had a few bugs <clears throat> fixed in the last couple of weeks, actually. Uh, the good news is, is that people are starting to use hosted documentation. Uh, the bad news is, as soon as people start to use it, they find all the bugs. <laughs> 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 um, so, yes, we've been fixing uh, a few little uh, bugs that the main one was that um, document if you have multiple documentation targets within your project, um, they were coming out in alphabetical order in the generated documentation, which is potentially logical. It's just not probably what you want. <laughs> so uh, we now have a fix that's rolled out today um, that um, generates the documentation in the order you specify it in your um, SPI manifest. Um, so that's nice. So if you have three documentation targets and one of them is your kind of main target, you can put that first in your SPI YAML file and it will that will be the default one we send people to when they hit the documentation link uh, and the others will be in the order you specify uh, afterwards, which is which is much better. Yeah, and I guess that's the important bit for the users because the documentation button will will go to the first um, target. So in your SPI as an author, it, it helps, you know, most packages have one, only one target anyway, but if you have multiple um, and one is the important one, you know, where you have your landing or you're getting started document in, in that target, that's the one you want to specify first. So it's the, yeah. it's the opening page for the documentation. So yeah, that that's certainly helpful. <laughs> and um, it also took me down a route in Fluent that was the wrong route, which was interesting. Always interesting to uh, to find the, the way that you think you might fix a bug is either not possible or at least not sensible. Um, so the way that I was thinking of fixing this bug initially was not to change the data in our data, but to, as we're driving the data out of the database, just sort it into the right order at that point and then present it because it's only, it's only ever two or three items, or I think the most, the largest one we've got is maybe seven or eight uh, items. So that's a very quick sort. Um, but um it's the kind of thing that you don't want to have to remember to do every time you access that property in the database. And so I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll try and replace the getter on the uh, database field. Um, but of course it's a property fluent um, uh, mapped to a database field property. And as soon as you start to try and replace the getter on something like that, uh, it, it all kind of, it becomes very clear that it's a bad idea. Um, and so instead, what we're doing now is we are sorting it as it goes into the database, which, of course, has been a bigger job because all of the data that was already in the database is now wrong. So we've had to regenerate lots of documentation uh, to, to help um, fix this bug, but it is the right way to, to do it. So there's um, actually, I still need to close that pull request because I opened a full pull request with the kind of sort version, which we're not going to use because we fixed it a different way. Right. Cool. Um, there's another thing as well, which is kind of um, not a big change, but um, in some ways a significant change. So from the very beginning of the package index, um, we have had a requirement on packages that go into the index that they must have at least one product. So either a library or an executable or quite recently a plugin product. Um, and Sven and I have been having a discussion over, well, a couple of years now since the package index existed <laughs> as to whether the um, package index itself should be a package in the index, which is a bit um, uh, meta, but, um, and I always came down on the kind of side of 
probably not because it's not something that anyone would ever use as a dependency. Um, you would never bring a web a vapor web project in as a dependency of anything else, I don't think. Um, or at least it would be very unusual for you to do that. Um, and so we've kind of left it out. Uh, but we had another package submission this week, which forced us to talk about it again, which is another web vapor web project. Um, and we decided, given that it was no longer just should we have our project next one, it's somebody else's the default becomes, yes, we should, you know, we should have every package in there. And so um, we've removed the restriction to, to need uh, at least one product, uh, or at least we are about to remove that restriction. So it's potentially opening up the index a little bit wider to other types of packages. I don't think there's going to be an enormous amount of these packages that go in, uh, but it's potentially an interesting little change. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and as we discussed, I think it's it's useful. I mean, we're not currently exposing you know dependency links between packages, but um, I think it is going to be interesting because packages like that that use other packages they they send a signal back to that package that there's a user, there's a client of a package, which is which is interesting. You know, if you're shopping for packages and you see that this package is being used by other packages. That's good because it shows you, you know, that there's an example code or at least there are other people using it, which is always nice and, and just clicking through and seeing what's happening there. So I think it's interesting for that aspect of it, even though we don't have it yet. Um, I think it'll be it'll be nice to build up a bit of a a, um, you know, a list of you know, additional things there. And especially, I mean, if you look at some of the packages we have are executables, um, they aren't to be used in other packages either, right? At least not directly. So um, I think just saying, well, as long as it's a package, it could be in the index. I think that's that's probably a fair a fair starting point. Yes. Um, and and so uh, that is potentially going to go live, imagine, today. Uh, so if you, have, if you have any packages that would not have been uh, valid for the index before, maybe they will be after the day. Um, and then we had another nice feature that landed finally, um, I think last week, uh, or no, earlier this week on Monday, we actually pushed it to production. And that's a really nice um, search improvement. And that's been driven and mainly implemented by, by Joe Heck. Um, and the initial problem, he, he posted an observation um, quite a while ago, where he was searching for ping, for packages with ping. And he ended up getting a lot of results, most of which were not really relevant to his search for instance it turned up packages like prototyping in it or shopping because it picked up on the ping ending of, of those words and he was looking for you know like the ping command where you send pings and get an echo back um, uh, over ip addresses um so he was flooded with results that weren't relevant he did find his package further down the list i think on the second or third page so clearly that's not great and he he spent quite a bit of time drilling into that and finding what could be done and um researched the options that Postgres gives with in terms of how to support that. And Postgres is quite powerful when it comes to search. So it has stuff like stemming and tokenizing um, strings. And that's what we're actually doing now. We're, we're not discarding the other results. So you still will get the shopping and prototyping results um, because there's value in that. And I don't want to get in all the details of, of what that would mean if we we weren't still doing that. But what we're doing is we're we're bringing to the top the better matches of where it's an exact word match, where ping is actually the the term in in the package description or title or whatnot. Um, and there's a couple of other examples we've encountered while developing this, like FTP. Like FTP would be picked up in Swift PM, 
you know, there's the FTP letters in that word, which is clearly not relevant when, when you're looking for FTP and, and stuff like that is, is much better surfaced now in the results. So that was really great. And um, Joe has done really, really great work and research in, in trying to bring this um, uh, feature live. I did uh, I did make the joke to, to Joe at one point during this because it turned into quite quite the epic um, uh, investigation and, and uh, pull request. Um, at which point did he re regret searching for ping? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a there's a little story I think we could tell to what extremes Joe went with this. Yeah. Early on, he was researching the so he had a prototype implemented implementation locally with the new search, and he wanted to judge and compare it to the live search, you know, with what results would be ranked higher, lower, and what would the changes look like. And what he did, he wrote a Swift UI app that grabs search results, shows them in a list, yeah. and saves those out so you can bring them up and look at them side by side. So it's actually quite a, <laughs> yes. a very deep rabbit hole you well, down and, to, and, and that's to what figure I was, this out. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The amount of not only work, but the amount of thought and care that he put into this pull request is above and beyond probably anything I've seen before in an open source project, I think. He, uh, in fact, it's, if you have even the slightest interest in search, reading through this pull request, um, it, well, I talk, so can you find the number of it? Um, so reading through the pull request is probably something that you might find interesting because um, there was an interesting uh, junction in the decision of what to do with this bug fix. So. If you, if you use, and I'm probably going to get this wrong because I wasn't super close with it. In fact, I wish Joe were here so he could talk about it. But if we used the, um, the, the new uh, vectors to actually match the words, then you'd lose all the non-English words like anything that started with UI something or NS something. Um, and so the search results would potentially get worse. And so there was this point yeah. during the um, development of this pull request where uh, a light bulb went on. Uh, I can't remember whether it was it was you or Joe that had the the, the initial um, light bulb moment, Sam. But that it would potentially be better to keep the matching the same and use the um, new vectors for ordering own. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, did I lose you? Or uh, I think we lost. Dave, he went on mute. Um, my um, my yeah. headphones went out of battery. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mid-sentence. Um, yeah, yeah. So there was this this kind of point where the design of the of the pull request changed quite significantly halfway through. And uh, anyway, it was it's an interesting um, uh, pull request. If you want to kind of read through the comments, it's quite extensive. Yeah, there's actually a, an underlying discussion item, and I have the link here already, and we'll have it in the in the follow up blog post where we share the show notes. Um, and it'll be all in there. Um, and, and there's there's also a there's an actual um, test flight for Joe's Swift UI <laughs> app. So if people are interested, <laughs> he he went the extra mile there. He went the extra half marathon there. I he really say. did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and one final little bit of, of news: we're not uh, we're not ready for um, to show anything on this yet. But um, part of the Swift uh, mentorship program. Again, the Swift Package Index is taking part in the mentorship program this year, and um, the mentee that I've been working with, um, he is called Javier, and he is uh, making great progress on um, extracting author information from uh, Git um, commit logs into um, a new item in the package page that will say who the package is written by, and it will kind of strip out 
the top contributors to the package. And of course, uh, we'll get that wrong sometimes because any kind of algorithm to try and do that automatically will get it wrong. But we should, we've got something that works reasonably well most of the time. And uh, if not, then it is possible to, or it will be possible to customize and override the information with whatever you would like to put there as a package author. Um, so that is coming down the pipeline, not imminently, but within the next uh, couple of months. Great. Cool. Um, I think it that's is, it, yeah. wise, isn't it? I don't have anything else. Yeah, excellent. So it is. We, we need a, we need a jingle. I need a sound, yeah. a drum roll. Yeah, jingle. It's quiz time. <laughs> <laughs> it's quiz time. So um, <laughs> the last uh, few episodes, we've done a little um, SPI, Swift Package Index quiz, where I've um, dug up some SQL queries to to figure out things about the package ecosystem. And um, because I'm running a bit low on interesting things to think of, I asked around and we have some nice questions. Um, I typically do that the day before. So if you keep an eye out um, or at any point really tweeted us at the um, Swift Package Index Twitter handle with questions, uh, stuff you might be interested in finding out about the package index. And these are things that I, I try and figure out. And then Dave is on the spot. Um, trying to answer them off the top of his head, being our human Swift package. And I promise database. I don't have my SQL uploaded. <laughs> well, if you write these <laughs> while on air, then I've got to bother writing them, you know, beforehand. <laughs> um, so the first one we've got is uh, James Sherlock um, had a question, and that's uh, the most releases by organization. I, I thought we had something similar, but I, we might have, but um, it wasn't quite the same. So I, I ran that query again. Uh, or at least something something like that. And I, I, so I what guess we had, you might you might pick yeah, what these we had out. Previously, was most packages per organization, but most releases per organization. That's it's a very subtly different question, uh, but it is different. Yeah, this is most releases okay, by organization. Yeah. So we have we had most packages. I think we before, had yeah. okay. most packages. Right. Okay. Yeah. So what do you think? Um, what's the org or author? I mean, it could be an individual. Well, if I remember um, rightly... You know, the GitHub handle with the most releases. If I remember rightly, the largest... Um, I think I actually got the answer to this question right, because I think the largest number of packages was Apple, and then maybe closely followed by Vapor, yeah. I think, something like that. Um, yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know whether the number of releases will be hugely different than that. I, I would probably say Apple... Oh, actually, because Apple don't use... They don't use releases, especially on SwiftPM. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they don't they don't release all that often. But you, you are on the right track. Vapor is up there because Vapor, and, you know, they, sure. they have an automated release right. process, and you can tell if a project has that because it, oh, no. it just increases the rate of releases. Because I see them every week in the uh, in the uh, update logs. It's Mapbox. Uh, they might be further oh, down, no, they're not in the top five. five. Okay. Because Mapbox also no, has an automated release, no. and they use several packages every week, uh, which is, uh, I, I've started right. to notice that, yeah. Yeah. No, it's actually Kitura in the top spot, which is, you know, the, the now, I think it's still maintained, it used to be backed by IBM, um, yeah. by IBM and they have, uh, what, what's your guess in total oh. across all of their packages, the number of releases? Since forever? Just the ballpark. Um, mm. 2000. Oh, that's close. Yeah, 2500 ish. Yeah, very close. Uh, close, um, closely followed by Vapor with 2357. And I, I imagine they'll catch up soon yeah. at the rate as uh, you know, they're, they're releasing at. 
then perfectly soft another um, yeah. um, server side package and then realm and then that drops off so per perfectly soft has 1100 realm 800 and then apple 760 so it's it goes, right. you know, goes down quite a bit interestingly because we discussed earlier bringing in the package index server project itself into into the index and we have just crossed the 500 mark in releases <laughs> we might be in that list what yeah. do you think well what, how how high up do you think we'd be in the list we at, yeah, at least top 50 yeah yeah top we'd actually make number nine. nine look at that so there you go let's let's, let's get this in <laughs> yeah. and um and and where is Mapbox? Oh, I don't know. I need to. Yeah, I, I don't have the full list, okay. so it's not the top five. I think. I think they might be okay. top ten. Um, I'll. Uh, I can do a follow up on that. Yeah. So that was that. James Sherlock asked Thanks, a question, um, and then we had. Yeah. Um, then we have had a question by Nathan Harris, and he asked, "What's the widest platform Swift support?" And I took that to mean um, how many packages there are. Packages there are that don't have any build failures. That means they have the full build matrix wow. um, green. So what do you think? How many packages out of our currently 4,905 packages as of earlier today when I ran it, how many of those are green across the board? So I know there are several that are green across the board because I've come across them every now and again. I, I believe one of ours is actually well, bear in mind that's not just the matrix. No, no, it's the, that's actually on, on the, on the build page. Right. I think I think semantic yeah. version is green across the board. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> because that's our test yeah. package. I mean, it has to be pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what percentage of? I think this is going to be fairly low. I would say there are there's less than five percent. Let's let's say four percent. Yeah, you're close. You're close. It's 108 packages, two point two percent. So it's, it's it's quite a few, but it's interesting because you know Linux isn't typically the pack, you know the platform that people use. So there's um there's a fair few there that either you know put in the effort or it just happens to you know pure Swift often often just works on on Linux um, automatically. Another one is, is people um, are now the, stopping uh, supporting five point three five point four as well. Um, uh, that's yeah, definitely yeah, happening. Yeah. That helps a lot. Yeah, it helps a lot, and the the differences between versions aren't as um, pronounced anymore i think this will change with swift 6 when there's a source compatibility yes. break um you know then people will actually need to keep an eye on their swift yep. version support um there's interesting another piece of interesting information in there we have one author who has six packages in that list of 108 uh, and i think that's worth mm -hmm. a shout out um he's also got a lot of packages and um that's um sam dean going by the handle elegant chaos contributed to the package index he's, uh, Yes, that too. Um, so he's he's taken really, he's he's got well groomed packages. Uh, and there's also um, Matt with an extra T. Uh, what's it, Matt? What's Matt's last name, Dave? You know, I think Matt. I think he, so I think he prefers to go by Matt. <clears throat> yeah, just Matt. Okay, and that's flight school is the is the handle. He's got four, so that's uh, two authors um, worth giving them a shout out for their for their wide support commitment um, to compatibility is what I would call it. yeah 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 exactly and then uh i think we've got mm -hmm. time for yep. one more don't we yeah because it's this is actually a oh actually we've got two more user requests we should okay. go through these quickly so this is by thomas graperon uh he asked for the most popular package dependencies and that's actually 
Um, something we can answer at this point, even though we don't show dependency information yet, and that's because we're already saving some dependency information. So this um, is what packages depend on another package that are, that's in our index. Is that the question? So yes, let me let me phrase it this way: Which package is the most used dependency? So which package in our index is the most depended on by another package? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Well, it yeah. has to be left path. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you, you know uh, the responsibility that comes with that, Dave. Um, no, I don't think it's left bad. Um, that is a good question. Um, it's going to be something really small. It's going to be a little micro framework. Something. Oh no. no. Okay. No. Oh, is it something? Uh, I bet it's. Um, is it quick or nimble? They are in the list. At least Nimble is. Quick is in the top, I think. No, it's not because in the testing top frameworks, it's, it's, yeah. um, Testing frameworks, they, they're the kind of thing yeah. that if you don't want to use XC test, Quick and Nimble are probably going to be the ones you use. Yeah, yeah. Nimble is on, I think, on, okay. on nine. But I think you'll, you'll immediately realize why when I tell you. Tell me, Should yeah. I tell you? You no. want to have one? Well, it's, it's not the Duxy it's... plugin, because that would, but that would be my other guess. No, I've, I've actually, that's, I, I noticed the bug earlier that we are actually recording this Doxy plugin for the practice yes, where we use Docs accidentally. But, you know, we don't have that many um, mm -hmm. uh, packages yet that have documentation. Um, it is Swift Neo. Oh, interesting. Okay. And uh, I guess a lot of that is driven just by, you know, the abundance of service-wide Swift um, packages that, that depend on Swift Neo. And that's, actually, that's, I think that's a great sign because... Um, Swift Neo is an Apple package, so it's a very solid. I, mean, I think all the networking stuff effectively is built on top of Swift Neo. Um, Swift Log is the next one. Swift Neo SSL is the next one, uh, and then Vapor. So, it and then another two Apple packages: Swift Neo Zlib supports Swift Argument Parser, Vapor, Swift Neo Extras, and then Quick. And then again, Swift Neo Transport Services. So Lots effectively, the whole yeah. list is representative of all the of this huge ecosystem of stuff built on top of these very fundamental um you know yeah. networking packages and i think that's a great sign that they're being very well adopted it might be a great sign of me screwing up the query <laughs> but <laughs> i uh, <laughs> i i hope i hope i got that right i'm sure you did i have no doubt. um so yeah uh, i thought that was that was really interesting and, and really maybe, great to see maybe next year um, like that. yeah i mean one thing Bear in mind, this is open source packages depending on other open source packages. I mean, it, it's obviously anything that is closed source, like iOS apps, aren't showing up in this. Um, they won't count and towards, uh, you know, they yeah. won't boost dependencies because we don't see them using them. And so that's, that's something to bear in mind. I think if it were if it were the most popular dependency from yeah. from anything that used Swift, it would probably be Alamofire or something like that. Um, but I realize that yeah. that we don't. We don't get to see all of that data. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And what's the last uh, question? Yeah, yeah, we don't get to see all of that data. Is a, is a great segue. <laughs> so this is a question by BT Franklin, and he asked about um, what's the most common, least common searches that we and we can't quite answer that because we're not actually tracking search terms. Uh, and by this, he meant search yep. terms inside SPI itself. You know, what are people searching for on the package index? And that might be something we we may want to to track i don't know we can have a discussion about that um we currently don't all we do track is the number of search terms which you know drives a bit on 
is guiding our implementation of search. Um, what we do have is we see via Google because you know Google track that sort of thing. The Google searches that lead to the Swift package index. And I thought it might be interesting to look at what's the most common entry point search term into the Swift package yes. index. And I, I can, I, I suppose you can guess what that is. Well, I, I, I don't think. I think. I think maybe what you think I'm going to say is Alamo Fire because that would be what we just discussed is potentially the most popular one. But I know we don't do very well on that search term. Um, there are lots of things ahead of us on that search term, just because so many people have written about that uh, library. So, um, yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's something like. Actually, I have no idea. It's actually the word Swift package. Oh, well, index. sorry, I, I was excluding that. <laughs> I that, that no, bias, but, that, but, I, but I thought you were asking about. Packages. Yeah, yeah. It's well, what's interesting. What's interesting though is why I why I didn't exclude it. And the next one is just Swift mm -hmm. package or Swift packages. Um, but what I found really interesting is what do you think is the the percentage of all incoming searches that Swift package index by itself takes? Probably reasonably high. Do you think it's more or less than five? Oh, less than fifty percent, but but it's probably like thirty or forty percent. And this is what what struck me: it's three percent. Wow. Only three percent of searches into the index are actually Swift package index. I found that really interesting. And then the next one, obviously, is even less. So the, the two combined is like five percent. But a lot of traffic is people searching for packages and then coming yeah. through to the index. So I found that really interesting. There's a long, long, long tail of various yeah. search terms. Mostly are relating to individual packages. I mean, it's, it's very few that are just obviously you know a bit random clicks. But I found I that mean, really interesting. It, that it might so, be worth mentioning. So many searches that people come could in. be uh, could be interested to hear that that is something we've been actively working towards um, making, and we've seen good results with it too. Our Google traffic has increased consistently and. Um, not exponentially, but in in a in in a quite a, a very steady linear uh, fashion, um, and we've done several things to help um, position ourselves to because certainly when I'm searching for stuff, I use Google to search. I'm, I it's it's I don't go to the Apple developer documentation and then type into their search box for my my query or my search. I, I search Google because that's what's that's the interface to the web basically for most most people or DuckDuckGo. Uh, search engine you use but for most people it's google um so we yeah. do pay attention to trying to make our pages look as good as they can to google as to uh, anyone who's visiting the the website so we, we the one thing i can think of specifically that we've done uh to help with that is we implemented some something called json ld which is a structured set of data um so if you're familiar with um the schema.org um website which is a set of schemas for describing various different things so you might have a schema for describing a business and it might have an address and a long location and a name and a uh you know opening hours or something like that and there would be a schema to describe a business and then there would be a schema to describe a place and there would be a schema to describe all these different things in the world and some of the schemas that are there are related to software and so <clears throat> you can if, if you have a look at any package page, you'll see, uh, I think it's at the bottom of the page, uh, a, a JSON LD um, structure in the page that describes the page as a software um, 
I think it's a software source code, I think that's what it's called, that we describe it as. And what Google does is if it finds a page, it looks to see if you have described it with JSON-LD, and suddenly it can know a lot more what you're trying to tell people about what's on that page. And so that gives you obviously a boost when people, because it now knows that the, um, you know, the network you're talking about is the network inside a piece of software source code rather than any of the other types of network that are out there in the world. Uh, and so it gives Google lots of good contextual information. Um, and so when it knows what people are searching for, it can be confident to recommend your site above others. Yeah, yeah, and you can see the effect if you search for Swift XML parser, for instance. You know, you get you get various results, mostly blog posts and stuff. We don't rank super high. I think we're on the bottom of the first or the second page. But if you put Swift XML parser package, we rank high. I think we we are even in the first spot on that. So just adding package seems to be giving enough information mm -hmm. to know. Oh, this is about you know something that's software related. Um, or packaging, you know, like, no, I think it has a notion of what a package in a library, what, what the different, yeah. you know, create, you know, what that term is for that programming language, or at least in, in vicinity of Swift. I think that's, that's the two things together that, that do the trick. Yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, so it's... should we do quick package recommendations before we wrap? Yeah, okay. let's do that. We're running we are running a bit late. We've talked for too long. Um, so I'm going to start us off this week with a uh, recommendation that's related, or not recommendation, but a package, an interesting package that's related to a quiz question from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> um, so one of the questions was, um, I think what was the, the longest lived package in the index? Um, and I think the answer to that was um, Shortcut Recorder, which has been in development for 16 years. Um, and um, even though it's been in the index, of, or it's been, been around for 16 years, uh, it had a release this week. <laughs> Which is remarkable, really. <laughs> oh wow! Yes. Okay, um, it's the first release for two years. So there was um, there was a releasing on the fourth of August, twenty twenty, and then seventeenth of August yesterday, twenty twenty two. And it's not a particularly um, a big release. It's a it's a bug fix and a couple of uh, a couple of minor improvements. Uh, but I did think it was worth mentioning because the oldest package in the index has just had a release after uh, you know it's it's had. Um, and that's, this is actually the interesting thing. In those 16 years, um, it's the, the first rule that we're actually tracking is, is only two years ago. Um, so it's, uh, uh, I'm not quite sure how they were releasing for them, but maybe it was just through CocoaPods and not, maybe they hadn't tagged semantic uh, versions before that. Um, so. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. So, uh, so yes, I thought that was kind of interesting, and, and I, I, we don't need to talk about it again because we talked about it the other week. But uh, I thought it was worth uh, just bringing up. That's great. That is great. Um, all right, shall I bring up my first package? I've got this is a bundle of two um, because they're so closely related, and this is about shell scripting with Swift or you know Swiftish shell scripting and the, the packages are uh, Swift Command by Josef Zoller and Swift by George Lyon. Um, and they're really neat. I mean, they, there's, a, there's a number of packages like this and what they mostly offer, um, Chill Out by John Sandell is another example. What they mostly offer is wrappers around process, which is a bit of an awkward um, thing to use from Swift. And they, they have really nice uh, extensions making piping standard in, standard out, standard error handling easier. They, are, they have async await support, so that's really nice. Um, 
it has all the modern Swift stuff, and there are two really interesting packages. I I'd struggle to choose which one I'd use. I'd want to try them out in earnest, um, but they they seem to be really really nice packages um, for dealing with with scripting. Swift command has a bit more like a combined pipeline syntax where you restring together, you know, how you handle the piping and stuff. And Swift reads a bit more like a, an actual bash script because it has a pipe operator overload. So you can actually use the pipe symbol to pipe one commands standard out into the next command standard in. So that's that's an interesting non-distinction, but otherwise they look, look really nice. I did notice um, the um, command one, what was it called? Swift command. Swift command. Yeah, I noticed that one and uh, almost put it on my on my list. So I'm I'm, I'm glad you did. If I didn't, <laughs> there you go. All right, my next one is uh, a uh, a visual component uh, called uh, irregular um, ir irregular gradient um, by no, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce this first name, but how Gabriel. Um, something like that, maybe. And apologies uh, to if I've just butchered your name. Um, so irregular gradient is is really nice, and there's a obviously gradients are used a lot in in modern uh, design. Um, but a just a flat gradient from one color to another can actually look quite pedestrian when you put it over something. And if you introduced some um, very subtle but obvious. Um, noise basically into that gradient it can transform how it looks um and so this is not only uh, a nice package because it does that and it creates these gradients that have a little bit of tech with them and a little bit of visual interest more than just a flat gradient uh but also the way it's implemented is quite uh, uh interesting it uses swift ui uh ellipses um inside the gradient and it, it it adds subtle little patches of color inside your gradient and the other nice thing it can do is animate those and so you can build these gradients actually very slowly change over time uh and so if you're looking for something that's kind of the background to maybe a, a getting started screen or something or maybe a paywall screen or something like that um this is probably going to be something that you will want to take a quick look at i thought it was a, a really nice uh, because generating these gradients with irregularity can be actually very mathematically difficult. Um, but a very simple solution is just to have these ellipses there. Um, and you also get the ability to animate them very easily. Yeah, that's great. I, that, that is really nice. I actually had this further down on my on my list. So I'm, I'm really, really happy that you picked that one. Yeah, it looks great. I would uh, I would definitely check it out if I were uh, in the market for, for, for something, for some nice visuals for a back of a view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like a really nice way to get something on screen that that is yeah. that is pleasant, you know, without you know spending too much time. Yeah, really great. Um, my second pick is Swift T by Rens Burr. I think that's how he pronounces pronounces his name. I think it's it's he's Dutch. Um, this is a this dovetails nicely uh, or um, complements nicely the other two packages that I just mentioned, which were you know about um scripting terminal kind of stuff because this is a swift ui kind of like package for um terminal ui so you you can create a view just like you do in swift ui with swift tui and lay out um v stacks and buttons and stuff and loop over lists and and get like little terminal boxes on screen um I'm not sure how deep this goes. He lists um, VSAC, HSAC for each and spacer, being supported, dynamic views, and so on. 
I think the basic view builders are there. Um, it has uh, navigation, so you can you know go arrow up, arrow down in, in bullet lists and stuff like that. Seems to be supported already. So really interesting package. Um, I think there's probably another package we want to at least mention in passing. You might know the name, Dave. I think uh, Chris Eitov had um, something similar a while back um, for the terminal with SwiftUI, but it escapes me at the moment what that package was called. It's ringing a bell, but I also can't remember what it's called. Just had a quick look. Terminal UI, and I actually found it on the index by looking for just his last name, Eitov. Nice. Yeah. So Terminal UI is a very... Yeah, but this, I don't think his is being maintained. So this one is the, the other one is probably the one you want to be looking at if you if you have um, need for something like that. So there you go, Swift TUI by Lens Brewer. Can I, can I sneak one more, uh, one more quick recommendation? Go for it. Uh, so it was something I linked to in iOS Dev Weekly, actually, and uh, I, it kind of blew my mind. So, um, you're probably all who are listening here familiar with ISO 8601 dates. Uh, certainly, if you've ever done any kind of uh, interaction with a, a web API, you've probably put a date into ISO 8601 format because that tends to be uh, what most APIs uh, request because it's a nice standard format for specifying dates and time zones and all the rest of it. Um, what I didn't realize is that ISO 8601 is not just a date format and there is a... Um, duration format that is part of ISO 8601. And there's a package by KKLA320 called ISO 8601 Duration Formatter. And it allows you to, in a very standard way, describe a time period. Not, not, It's not anchored to any specific time, but you can say three days or 40 minutes or three hours in, uh, in a standardized way that you can then pass through to APIs and do whatever you want with. And I thought that was just uh, quite a an eye-opening um, thing. I, I mean, I, 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 who goes and reads the ISO date formatting spec? I mean, I, I certainly, I certainly don't. Um, and so, to me, ISO eight six zero one was just this one thing. But of course, of course, it's not. Of course, it's more than that. Uh, and I thought that was worth a, worth a mention because it it uh, it jumped out at me that um, that ISO eight six zero one might be more than what it was. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, who who reads the spec? Why do you try it with two dates? And if that works, you're done. <laughs> well, it's, honestly, let's let's be honest about it. I I, I look for an ISO eight six zero one uh, date, and iOS and macOS include an ISO eight six zero one date formatter, and I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to trust their influence. Only I think it it didn't run on Linux early on. I believe that's right. Anyway, anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah, nice. And that, uh, what, what is the author's handle again? Uh, that, it was... that goes so nicely with ISO 8601. <laughs> it's not far off, yes. KKLA320. Fantastic. Cool. Um, yeah, I think that's that's enough packages, isn't it? That's it. Okay. Great. So we've, um, we've, we've made it through another one. There we go. Same time, Thanks, same everyone. place, and my headphones, uh, after the little little mishap halfway through, have uh, managed to. I've been I've been tactically swapping my AirPods from ear to ear, trying to charge them up. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic! <laughs> but we made it through to the end. Um, so yes, we should do another one on the. It will be the. Um, oh no! Do your date math. What, what date is that? Yeah, in, actually, uh, September. <laughs> I think I think I can. So I think because I'm I'm actually I'm going away on the second of September, but I think. Because the date would be the first of September, I think I'd be okay on that evening. So, uh, so let's do it on the first of September. Excellent. 
Great. So see you all in, in um, two weeks' time. Two weeks' time. If you have any any uh, uh, Swift Package Index quiz questions, just tweet at us. We'll we'll try and answer them. And um, yeah, happy indexing. Yeah, we'll speak to you next week. Two weeks. Bye. Cheers. Bye bye, everyone.